Pro Bono Happy Hour. I'm Elise Dorita. As the 2018 PBI Annual Conference is approaching, it is time once again for our conference preview episode. Joining me today is Rena Glazer to talk about what you can look forward to at the conference next month. Hi, Elise. Hi. Thanks for joining me again. So I'm just going to do a little quick overview of the conference to begin with. So it's quickly approaching, which felt very real after we came back from break because it's earlier this year. It's from February 21st to 23rd at the Capitol Hilton in Washington, D.C. And I would register soon because the rates do go up on 2-1 when the regular rates expire. So into the nitty-gritty of the programming now. So, Rena, could you tell me what the staples of the conference are? So one of the things about our conference is that there is time together and time apart. And we think that there's value in the three segments of our pro bono community, that is law firms, in-house legal departments, and public interest organizations and legal services groups to spend time alone with each other, right? So that people from law firms can talk about what pro bono is like at law firms and issues and challenges that they have. People in legal departments can spend time with each other and public interest groups can spend time alone with each other as well. You have some sort of more candid conversations and the topics and agenda items are a little different than when everyone's all together. So we've got alone time and then we've got Uh, a significant amount of time when all the three groups come together and talk about issues of common concern and emerging areas of legal need and best practices and ways to work together to promote equal justice under law and access to justice for all. So um, I think that's one overarching construct to understand when we look at the conference. In a way, it's several conferences in one, so we try and pack in a lot over the over the few days here in Washington, and I know Elise is going to talk about um, some of the expanded programming that we have for our public interest mm-hmm. community uh, in a few minutes. So that's one element. Another sort of staple that we love, Elise and I get to work on a lot, uh, is an expanded multi-hour program called Law Firm 101. And it is a chance for people who are new in their positions um, to really have an extended crash course in the nuts and bolts of law firm pro bono. So whether you're a new law firm leader, whether you are a new chair of your pro bono committee, whether you are a new pro bono responsible professional, uh, it is a great way to learn Um, some of the basics of running a program and to be as efficient as possible. We don't want you to reinvent the wheel. So it's a great way to learn best practices and to meet your peers, meet other people who are in similar circumstances and hear and share from each other. Because even if you're just starting out and some people come, they haven't even started their jobs yet, right? They've been hired, but they haven't even started yet. We all have things to contribute and share. So it's not like a three-hour lecture where we just tell you everything you need to know. We try to be helpful, but it's really interactive and everyone has something to contribute. Yeah, and a lot of people participate. So it's not, yeah, it's not just you sitting there and listening to someone. At least that was my experience last year at my first one, which was great. And um, I think the last... Uh, for now, overarching theme of our conference is networking. 
Um, it's very much, and I think podcast listeners know this, many guests talk about this, that pro bono is very much a relationship business. We need to know uh, our peers, we need to know our communities, we need to have sources of referrals and information and people we can call to quickly get answers to our questions or you know, ways to help our clients. We know that you have this resource or you might know and it's so much easier when you know people right in your community and across the country and around the world and we want to make that uh, forging of connections as deep and meaningful as possible. And even for the most radical introvert like me, who thinks networking is the most painful thing possible and you'd rather just hide out in your hotel room, we really do make it easy. There's a lot of hand-holding. There's a lot of, here, let me introduce you. And um, I don't know, what do you think, Elise? I don't think it's scary. No, I don't think so. I mean, last year was my first one, so I feel like I'm a good person to tell you whether it's scary or not. And it was. I actually really enjoyed it, um, even though there was, like, a lot of work and it's kind of intimidating as on this side. But I loved it. So we're going to go back and touch on that PI element that you just mentioned, and we'll come back to networking in a bit. So PI, PI we mean for public, public interest. interest. Yeah. So new this year, we kind of expanded the public interest track. On Wednesday, public interest will have some off-site programming when they'll all be together and network and discuss things, and then come back to the hotel in the afternoon for on-site programming, which will include a few sessions that people can go to. So that is a new track that we introduced this year. And also this year, we're going to have, on Thursday in the afternoon, expanded sessions that will be a little longer to deep dive into certain topics. Yeah, I think we've experimented with this before, and we've kind of come back to it this year, which is the idea of, it's not really a two-hour session, but it sort of is. Most of our session blocks are basically an hour, or really 55 minutes by the time you start and leave time for evaluations. And that's a really good amount of time, but it's not a super amount of time. So we thought we'd experiment with basically having uh, double sessions, right? So sort of 55 minutes on the topic, a break, so you can stretch your feet, get a treat, go to the restroom, check your emails, and then come back and have 55 more minutes on the same topic. Or if you want to divide and conquer during that break, you can go to a different sort of topic. So it's a way to try to go deep, you know, have kind of deeper conversations, and uh, we'll see if it works. We'll look forward to people's uh, feedback. So speaking of the breaks, uh, can we talk a little bit more about networking? I mean, I love the breaks because what involves ice cream, which is my probably favorite of them. Uh, could you talk about the other opportunities? Yeah, well, I want to start with um, a pre-conference networking opportunity in a way. On Tuesday night, so the conference runs Wednesday, Thursday, midday Friday, and on Tuesday night, there is a welcome reception at the hotel, uh, and if you're not staying at the hotel or if you live in Washington and are staying in your own bed, you should still come after work. It's at the hotel on site, and it's hosted by our friends at Alston and Bird, and it is a great way to connect, have a reunion with people that you haven't seen in a while, and it is a great place for first-timers to come. It's, it's not everyone, so it's a smaller and more intimate group, and it's a great way to start meeting some people, let us introduce you to people, 
have us help you figure out which sessions to go to to maximize your experience, food, beverage. It's a great kickoff, and it's really become one of our highlights in the now several years that we've done the reception, and we're really grateful to Alston and Bird for hosting us. Um, Another now tradition of networking is something that we call regional networking exchanges. And this is for law firm and in-house legal department attendees. And the idea behind this is, as we used to say, all politics is local, right? Very much all pro bono is local. We do live in a globalized world, so it you know breaks down a little bit. But it's important to know the players and the legal needs and the best practices in your community, right, in your region. And we thought it was uh, important to give people time and space and opportunity to talk about local issues, both to network and meet and to drill down into things that are going on in your region. And that's been, I think, very successful in terms of making introductions and sharing best practices. And one of the best strategic ways I think to use this time is let's say that you are a pro bono leader at a law firm or a legal department and you live in I don't know let's say you're based in LA but you have responsibility for your firm's countrywide pro bono practice you may not know what's going on in Atlanta but you have an Atlanta office that you have to figure out how to get those lawyers involved. Well, maybe the best use of your time is to go to the Southeast Regional Networking Exchange and you can make some connections and you can find out what's going on there. So I think people could very much decide to to go to the region where they live, where they are based, or they might want to go to another region where they need to learn about, right? A new office has opened, um, they're, they're kind of struggling, or you just haven't visited that part of the country or the world. Go and learn. So I think it's very much depending on what your needs are, and it, there's something for everyone. Yes, that's great that people get to um, kind of dabble around like that and talk to people in their area. So there's kind of another networking opportunity where bring people together in similar roles. They're called peer-to-peers. Could you talk about those? Yeah, this is another perennial favorite. You know, we, we'll, we'll talk later about new content, but some of the things we do at the conference are sort of tried and true, right? Mm-hmm. Because everyone loves them and they would just be devastated to see them uh, go away. So the idea for this is, Let's take everyone of a similar position, right, who has a similar role, regardless of whether you've been in your role for a year or 20 years. Talk to each other about your function at the firm, right, your roles, your responsibility, your position. What are you doing well? What are you struggling with? What new innovation have you implemented over the past year? Let's learn. Let's build community. Let's share. Let's cheerlead for each other. Let's, you know, counsel each other to get over any humps. And so it's a really great time for all the people who are chairs of law firm pro bono committees, but also maintain really busy commercial practices to talk about how do you basically fulfill two full-time jobs? You know, what are your strategies for delegating, for resources, for being able to sleep at night and see your family while you're making all of this role and go? What about people, and we've talked a lot with amazing guests on our show, What about people who are charged with running and administering amazing pro bono programs at law firms, 
but they themselves are not lawyers, right? They have other backgrounds, whether they come from marketing or corporate social responsibility, or they were the firm's librarian, or they're a paralegal, or they were interested in training. What obstacles do they face? and how do they overcome them? So I think very much thinking about people's backgrounds and building connections is the uh, goal behind the peer-to-peer. Great, so in addition to these kind of sessions, we also have uh, the lunch and reception, which are kind of different networking opportunities. Uh, Do you wanna go into more about one of them at least? Sure, I'll talk about the lunch. Okay. So one, of course, as as a lot of organizations do and at a lot of conferences, there are awards. And at our annual conference, one of the awards we tend to give out every year is called the Zilan Award. And it is in honor of the amazing Lori Zilan, who we really need to reach out and get on the pod. She uh, is an inspirational sort of legend in the law, and um, she is now a uh, judge on the California Court of Appeal. She's in Southern California, Los Angeles area, and she was a founder of the Pro Bono Institute. She was a very long time uh, member of our board of directors, and she has just been an access to justice pioneer. She is a force of nature. She's just an incredible role model and leader. And we, in her honor, uh, every year give the Zilan Award to a group, a legal department, a general counsel, a law firm leader, um, a judge who has been uh, amazing uh, and dedicated uh, to pro bono and access to justice. And this year, our Zilan Award is going to be given out at lunch Thursday, Uh, at the hotel at the annual conference and it'll be a brief award ceremony and then time for networking be great and the um, awardee this year is Greg Jordan the general counsel in the legal department at PNC Financial and I must say I have a really soft spot for PNC I was thinking about this as we were getting ready for uh, our discussion today So my family, my father's family is from Philadelphia. My grandmother, a longtime Philadelphia resident, when we were kids, and this might be old to Elise, producer Misha, I'm curious if you're familiar with these. Do you know what like quarter savers are? No. Okay, so old (laughs) listeners, you will know what this is, but for you youngins out there, it's basically like a booklet or a folder, a small folder with slots in it where you would place quarters or dimes. But quarter savers, I think, were more popular. And you buy them at the bank and you give them as gifts, right? Like $10 worth of quarters mm-hmm. or something. And my grandma, Annabelle, would give them to us as kids as gifts. And you would felt you'd feel so rich, right? Like, look at all these quarters. They're so amazing. And it's heavy. So it feels really substantial. And I think I use my quarter savers like in college from laundry because I needed quarters for the machine or in New York City for buses because you needed exact change or tokens if you remember that anyway so they were from PNC so I have very like fond memories of my PNC quarter savers and dime savers I guess coin collectors would know too but anyway yeah I think I actually had one I just never knew the name for them I think I had one in like my baby box that I found yes exactly yeah but I do do those those pressed pennies in the little books that's more my kind of thing but you can't spend those they just look cool. So there you go. If you're looking for <laughs> gifts for kids, you know, like you could give bonds or maybe you could give quarter savers. Anyway, so we're, we're delighted to honor uh, Greg Jordan and PNC. And if anyone would like more information about 
the Zeland Award Luncheon. Best thing to do is call Danny Reed in our office, 202-729-6691, and he'll be able to answer all your questions. So another award I guess, reception that we have is our actual reception on Thursday night. And this year, we're inducting into our Hall of Fame uh, Justice Ginsburg, which I'm really excited about because, I mean, how can you not be? She is a legend. Um, and we closed down the Museum of the Women in the Arts, which is really cool. You kind of feel like Eloise in the plaza, but it's a museum. Just getting to see everything uh, is really cool, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I agree. I mean, I think it's a big moment in PBI's history to really be kicking off our Esther Lardent Hall of Fame in Mm -hmm. memory of Esther, and we're really excited to be able to induct our good friend Justice Ginsburg. So again, if you have questions or want more information, I think the best thing to do is uh, contact Danny. So we have another networking opportunity, which is my pride and joy, the Pro Bono Expo and Happy Hour. You can mix and mingle with public interest organizations and your fellow peers as well. It's on Thursday on the 22nd from 345 to 5 and attendees come and meet representatives from a number of public interest and legal organizations and you can learn about cutting issues and opportunities. So everyone's welcome. It's a great networking opportunity. Also a good opportunity for some swag, which I love. Um, And to see a list of expo hosts, stay tuned to the PBI. We have some new ones this year. There are a lot of Lawyer for the Arts organizations. And this year we have the California Lawyers for the Arts as a new org. For international, the Fundacion Pro Bono Colombia. The Los Angeles Center for Law and Justice is a new one this year. So is the North Carolina Bar Pro Bono Resource Center. Public Council, The Arc, the Chicago Bar Foundation, and We the Action. Those are all ones we've never had before. And if you listen to our podcast, one of our podcast guests will be returning to the expo this year, Erica Garcia. And if you listen to her episode, she actually talks about it a bit if you want to learn more. So stay tuned for more information. And Erica's our swag champion. Yes. She <laughs> set a very high bar for the awesome stuff they bring. Yeah. Yeah. So in addition- Also great food. Oh, yeah. I totally eat? forget about my favorite part. Yeah. Popcorns, pretzels, sometimes leftover ice cream if you're really sneaky, which I noticed. Soft pretzels. <laughs> I feel like it could be part of our Philadelphia theme. We, we have a lot oh, of yeah. Philadelphia tie-ins this year, even more that we'll get to. So I think that's super cool. That's totally true. I always forget that as a Philadelphia thing. Anywhere else known for soft pretzels? I mean, they I sell them on street corners it. in a lot of places, but I think yeah. Philly takes a lot of pride in their, in their soft pretzels. I have another networking thing. Ooh. Walk jog. Oh, yes. <laughs> so a lot of uh, discussion on the pod has been self-care, right? We talk about how do you avoid burnout, mm-hmm. healthy lifestyle, and conferences can just be devastating, right? Soft pretzels, ice cream. <laughs> we do have a lot of healthy food, but there's a lot of temptation as yeah. well. Plus, there's a lot of standing and mingling, but there's a lot of sitting. And a few years ago, people said, well, can't you organize sort of a walk jog in the morning where we could get in our exercise but do it together so we could also schmooze with each other so we've done that and on Thursday morning and Friday morning pretty early before the programming begins people can meet 
on the, you know, by the concierge desk, get a map and go walk together or jog together, depending on your fitness level. You think it's going to snow for the conference this year? D.C. is so strange. Ever since I lived here, it's been at least 70 degrees during February once. Like, for a weekend. So, it could snow. It could be hot and you not wear a jacket. So, So walk job could be awesome. And it could also be walk around the hotel because it's like we can't go outside. So, stay tuned. I'm sure we'll report back on more weather updates. But I would say if anyone wants to lead walk jog, any uh, volunteers who like to exercise and want to help us with that, let us know. Send us an email, probono at probonoinst.org. Hit us up on Twitter at probonoinstina. Say, hey, count me in. I'll be exercising and I'll lead the way. So in addition to the network opportunities, we have our substantive programming as well. So let's highlight some sessions. So to start, I want to talk about one that you might be curious about since you listen to our international guests on the pod from London and you want to know more about the UK. It's called Pro Bono in the UK and it's basically for law firm attendees who want to know more maybe how to get involved, kind of how to navigate. Um, And we did it last year in some variation, and it was a hit. So it's definitely something to look forward to. So what do you have? Okay, first I'll say these are are the highlights, (laughs) right? So we're not being exhaustive, and we're not talking about every session, or we would be here forever, but we love every session, so this is just to give people a taste, so a little roadmap for all you listeners who are coming, or uh, a teaser for people who are on the fence about registering, and for people who aren't interested in the conference, just fast forward or listen to an episode, (laughs) come back next week, we have a great guest. I would like to encourage people to attend the Experience Roundtable for law firm attendees, which is going to be led by two epic podcast guests, Susie Hoffman, who was identified as a pro bono role model to many of our guests. She's coming back to lead this, along with Greg McConnell, who was so amazing. We had to split his episode into two parts. We had so much to talk about. And the idea behind this is... Um, it's very complementary to the P2Ps, right? In the P2Ps, mm-hmm. we talked about having people by role get together and meet, yeah. regardless of how long you've been in your position. And we talked a little bit about Pro Bono 101 for people who are new to their position. But what about people who've been in their positions for 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, 20 years, 20 plus years? Isn't there a need for an opportunity for veterans to get together and talk about are we jaded? How do we fight burnout? How do we keep ourselves fresh? What are the challenges we're dealing with? How do we stay in tune with the new generation, right? Kids these days who've never heard of quarter savers. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So that is what the Experience Roundtable is about. It's an, a, a time for people who've been in their positions for quite a while to uh, get together with each other and talk about how do things look from where they sit. And what are their greatest obstacles and what can they share to keep each other uh, going at a really high level? So on the other side of experience, we kind of have this nuts and bolts session called Back to Basics. So you don't need to be brand new to get back and kind of get that foundation. So for this session, we have another podcast guest and maybe more, uh, Josh Toll, who was on the podcast 
but not too long ago, I, I guess, now that I look back, maybe a few months, but since I've been here, so. <laughs> um, and he was great, so I'm sure the session will be just as great with him and possibly the help of other guests. Um, so there's also a podcast trifecta that is doing a session. We need music, like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> what would it be? Like when you hit the lottery or, I don't know, survey says 100%. Yeah. So do you want to talk about the trifecta and what they're up to? I do. So these three formidable women have all been podcast guests. Kat McGee, Valentine Brown, and Kathy Ockrock. So that's what we mean by uh, the trifecta. Are going to be leading a session called Marketing to Write the Pro Bono Ship, Strategies for Attorney Engagement. And they're going to be talking about how they've really completely reinvented their programs and um, the messaging, the programmatic elements, the policy changes to, uh, to turn your program around. And I think it's going to be amazing. And bing, 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 they're also all from Philadelphia. So there we go. <laughs> Philly's on our mind. Yeah, the theme continues. Yeah, as we sit here, we're taping on the 12th. Tomorrow is the big Philadelphia Eagles game. So the listeners will know the outcome by the time this airs. Um, so, you know, fly eagles fly. We'll see how that goes. I'm glad someone is up to date on sports <laughs> in this room because it is definitely not me. So there's this session called Transitioning from the Other Side. But if it was Adele and our the three of us at the Law Firm Project, we would be calling it Hello from the Other Side. <laughs> That is something that I cannot get out of my head. I mean, how can you not? Adele is great, and so is uh, one of our podcast guests also, who I think we did, did we do a two-parter? We did. We did two-parter. So Angela Beheel is going to be one of the panelists, and this session explores kind of going from the other side, going from public interest to the bigger law firms and how to navigate that transition, Uh, because it actually happens... A lot when we were thinking about the session, we just thought about so many people that we know have recently done it, have done it in the past, that could offer experience, but also could benefit from it. I'm excited, um, other than that we do call this session, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Fine, we're going to have to work on that. I think it's not really like sides, that's kind of a cute term. It's not like we're on adversarial sides or other sides. But I've been thinking a lot this year, partly because of my work with students, about professional identity formation, right, and how we think of ourselves. And a lot of our guests have talked about their career trajectories of working in a public interest setting, being a legal services lawyer, and then moving to a law firm to run their pro bono program. Well, what does that mean, right? Are you now a law firm? lawyer and all of that means to be in private practice at a for-profit thriving enterprise somehow do you still identify as being a public interest lawyer who has been sort of seconded to a law firm but that makes you very separate from your colleagues at the law firm or you know do you feel different somehow or removed or are you fully integrated you know into now being at a really resource rich um, large private law firm. And what does that mean? Like, do you have any feelings of guilt for the people that you've left behind? How do you feel now that you have an amazing office with lots of resources um, and are, you know, perhaps making a lot more money um, 
and what does that mean, right? You know, sort of how do you see yourself and what that, does it change over time immediately as you've been there longer? And we have an interesting sort of panel of people who've transitioned years and years and years ago and people who've transitioned really recently. Does it change over time how you think about things, how you see yourself and what that means for the way that you do your job? So I think there's sort of a big psychological component um, to the session, which will be cool. Yeah, they are very um, a kind of intertwined public interest law firm, extremely, but there is going to be differences. So I guess sometimes the more subtle things are, the more questions you have, and even though they're together, well, close together. So thanks, Adele. <laughs> so we are in a city, so on the other side, this is something that we probably don't talk about as much as pro bono in the suburbs, which is a session we're going to have. Could you talk more about that? I would love to. So... Um, a number of years ago already, because it's taken us kind of this amount of time to wrap our hands around this, the New York Times did um, a, a focus on poverty in the suburbs. And it was like cul-de-sac poverty or something like that. And it really got me thinking that so often we think of pro bono efforts in the inner city and downtown where law firms are located, where courthouses, you know, are located, Okay, fine, but what about the suburbs? You know, what about where we commute from? What about where many people live? What about office parks? You know, what about places that aren't the urban city center? You know, when you think about that here in, in Washington, we have Washington, D.C., but what about Montgomery County? What about Fairfax County? What about, P you know, what about the surrounding areas that are completely part of the metropolitan area, what I guess they now call the DMV? Um, so, you know, a radius of maybe 20 to 25 miles, totally commuting distance. But there are a lot of people, not necessarily where your office is, who have the need. And we had the amazing Annie Garrity-Helms on the podcast, and she talked about an amazing initiative that she and uh, some legal departments and other folks in the Chicago area pioneered to do just this and bring access to justice to survivors of domestic violence, not downtown, but in a more suburban area. So she's going to come and talk about that effort. And I think it's going to be really eye-opening for people that are looking for new projects, who are looking for new or evolving communities to serve, and to think about, you know, maybe this is where your lawyers are because they have an office in Fairfax or they have an office in Loudoun County or um, you have an office in Bethesda or your people live there and are happy to work closer to there or you're a legal department and you've got offices in an office park, you know, out in a more sort of suburban setting. Um, how can we do to build the infrastructure and what resources do we need and what are the obstacles and what are the challenges to make this work? So on the podcast recently, we've been talking a lot about uh, natural disasters, recently about Harvey and hurricanes in Florida. And so this Friday session this year, we're going to kind of focus on crisis. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'd say this is a chance to go deep. It's going to be interactive, and I think that it's something that's on all of our minds just from reading mm -hmm. the news, yeah. and whether it's uh, the hurricanes that Erica Garcia and Ellen Joseph mm -hmm. 
just recently in our uh, Eye of the Storm uh, talk so compelling about, whether it's natural disasters, um, the hurricanes. We're now looking uh, Puerto Rico, right, still mm-hmm. struggling, and we've got people from Puerto Rico coming. And um, California, right, the fires and now the devastating mudslides that we're seeing this week. It seems like it's, you know, constant. So whether it's natural disasters and crises, whether it's human-made, we've talked a lot about airport lawyering or policy changes, where we have this the mass migration and the refugee crisis that the world is seeing. So how do we adapt and deal with business not normal? And what, is that, what does that mean? How do we plan in advance? What can we do in advance? What do we need in the moment? What is the recovery like? Right? And how do we make sure we emerge stronger? Right? That's the goal, right? More justice for more people so that we come out of these devastating situations mm-hmm. stronger. How do we collaborate? How do we build the infrastructure? How do we use technology? What are the non-legal resources we can use? Right? This has to be a bigger effort than just legal. Who are the players? It's going to be um, talking and interactive. There'll be a chance for a lot of input. And uh, we think it will be timely and uh, meaningful with a lot of action items and things that people can take home to their communities and, uh, and implement. Yeah, I think we've talked about a lot this year that all these disasters, they're not, it's not just a short-term response. Everything kind of drags on and there are new issues coming up all the time. So I think that this will be a very helpful session, especially because you don't know when it could happen. It could happen at any time. So um, it's definitely something I think you can take away from and hopefully you don't have to utilize it, but if you do, it's there. So thank you, Rena, for joining me today and going over the conference. Uh, We look forward to seeing everyone in February. New and archived episodes of the podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Please take a moment to leave an Apple Podcast review. It is quick and easy to do appreciate the feedback and would help make it easier for other listeners to find the show and expand the conversation about pro bono and access to justice. To learn more about us and the conference, visit our website at probonoinst.org. You'll find quick links to agendas and sponsorship opportunities. As always, we are grateful for your generous support. We'd love to hear from you. Send your comments, feedback, and questions to probono at probonoinst.org.